0: Hey, everyone. This is your host, Jake Hirschman. Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast. We are excited to bring you Suja Organic as our sponsor for today's episode. If you go to shop.sujajuice.com and enter the code LIFO, L-I-F-O, you'll be able to receive 15% off their packages. Excited to have Suja on board, and thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, here with Catherine Clifton, Director of Championships for the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Excited to talk to her. We're a couple months away from her event launching in Atlanta. Um, you know, I think, Catherine, there's a lot that we can talk about, but I would love to dive into not only a little bit about your career path, what you're doing now, and then also in the future a little bit. So, nonetheless, welcome.
1: Thank you, Jake. I'm really happy to be here, um, and happy to just talk to you about the championship this year.
0: So let's talk a little bit about golf in the sense of how it's set up, because the KPMG Women's PGA Championship moves year to year, and so you're in Atlanta now, but you might be in a different place in a couple of years. And yeah. just explain for those who are listening how it's set up, how the PGA of America is different than you know USGA, than from the tour, et cetera, and, and just how okay. it all works.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So just a little bit of background first on the championship itself. So it's the KPMG Women's PGA Championship um, is actually one of the oldest uh, women's majors, we have five majors on the women's side. um, And actually, this championship is a joint Um, partnership between the uh, KPMG, PGA of America, and the LPGA. Um, It actually started off in 1955 with the LPGA um, being the primary operator of the championship, and so that's why we kind of get to tote that we are one of the oldest So yeah, started in 1955. Um, We brought we uh, ourselves and KPMG came in about five, six years ago, um, and really have enjoyed this partnership between the three entities. Um, A little bit about the championship. We are one of those that moves every year, and so we do try and highlight um, some really fantastic golf courses. Um, in the past, you know, we last year we were at Aronimink, um outside of Philadelphia. Um, this year we're at Atlanta Athletic Club right outside of Atlanta. Next year we're at Congressional. And then actually in 2023, um, we're at Baltistraw in Springfield, New Jersey. So, you know, really um, hitting some really nice golf courses. And if um, you know anything about those golf courses? That's also where the men play a lot. So, um, really, just trying to bring um, women's golf into those same fantastic places that the men get to play. Um, actually, here at Atlanta Athletic Club, we've hosted three um, men's major PGA championships here. Um, first one, I believe, was in the 19. 19- 80s and then we had one in 2001 and 2011 so every every few you know about 10 years we're here at Atlanta Athletic Club and really happy to bring the women here for the first time and you know this June Um, as far as you know the the championship moving every year that means for all of our on-site teams you know that we're moving about every two years I'm actually the championship director um, for all the odd years I have a counterpart who does all of the even years. so um, it's it's really quite amazing to be able to travel the country um, with the PGA of America and to get to meet some really fantastic people and get to be a part of these wonderful clubs. Um, even though it might be brief, uh, we do um, get some really amazing relationships with them. We, we depend heavily on the memberships, and uh, we couldn't do it without, you know, these wonderful general managers of these clubs and the staff at each one of these clubs.
0: Yeah, there's there's a ton going on. But at the end of the day, you mentioned it's the people that make it happen. And so, you know, we'll get to the kind of moving every two years in a bit. But I want to focus on the people and that, you know, you use the platform not only to bring the woman to this golf course as well, but also, you know, you've got a leadership summit going on. You've got a future leaders program. Um, it's more than just about the game of golf itself and who might win and, and, you know, take the trophy home. There's a lot going on during the week that other people just don't see.
1: Yes, that's completely true. And I'll tell you, the women's leadership summit is one of the biggest assets of this championship has um, KPMG as you know, our title sponsor, um, we're the ones to really bring that component into things. It is Wednesday of championship week. Um, and, To be able to uh, help facilitate a congregation of these C-level executives, um, you know, and and share ideas and thoughts and uh, best practices is actually quite amazing. Um, You know, this past year and this year for 2021, we will be doing the summit virtually, um, but it'll still have all of those amazing components. Um, You know, the guest speakers are actually gonna be uh, getting announced um, May 3rd. So we're really excited about Uh, seeing, you know, everyone's reaction to the program. I think it'll be uh, quite, quite a big deal and and quite a, quite a hit. So we're looking forward to it.
0: And from a future leaders program perspective, I mean, how do you try and, you mentioned you go from one community to another, but how do you make your impact in that community for that year that you are there um, to kind of leave your mark, you know, when you do go somewhere else?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So all of our net proceeds from the championship and from the summit um, do go to the Future Leader Leaders Program, um, which is a national campaign. Uh, but to kind of drill in and hone in here on the local community, we as the PGA of America have actually partnered with um, some local um, groups that are striving to. Um, introduce people to the business of golf. And so the three groups that we are actually targeting for Atlanta are going to be Black Girls Golf Foundation, Women in Golf Foundation, and uh, Golf Women Mean Business. And so all three of those groups are working with not only getting their members out to the championship, um, but also trying to facilitate, you know, VIP tours um, for those that are interested maybe in having a profession in golf, you know, because I think the, the main focus again, for not just the summit, um, but for, uh, us as the PGA of America is we're trying to grow the game. Right. And so, so, so much of what I do and what we do in the business of golf, um, you may not see it's all behind the scenes and, um, a lot, you know, you might be walking through the golf course and seeing all the activations that we've, um, created for our guest experience, but, ultimately, too, um, there's, there's really great business in this sport and, and in all sports, but um, we're just excited to be able to offer, you know, a behind-the-scenes look at, at what we do and, and get people interested because um, golf teaches you about life, ultimately, um, and it, again, it just, it's, it's quite, I think it can be quite meaningful for those that are interested.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, people that are looking up to those that are competing on the course, you know, You know, girls in high school that might look at the court of sisters and you know think about how they might be able to get to that level and and so on. But there's also plenty of people who are looking up to people like yourself, right? Who are in that position of you know running a tournament and you know they look at someone like you and they're like, well, I could do that if she can do it, right? And and it's kind of creating that pathway for others. Whereas when you were coming up through the business. Was that example there for you? Like, how did you get to where you are now?
1: That's a great question. I I think that um, it was a lot of hard work, but I did identify um, both male and female uh, mentors that were around the golf industry um, and actually through quite a span of of what their focuses were because, you know, early on, and I'll tell anybody this, I love... um, Uh, advising, and I love mentoring. So if anybody ever wants to have a chat and talk, um, I look forward to those conversations. And the first thing that I'll tell anyone is don't make a decision on exactly what you're what you think you want to do right now. um, Because ultimately, it might change, you know, and be open to other experiences. So maybe you didn't get that one job that was focused on this one thing that you thought that was, that was it for you. Um, and you got something else like take that advantage. I mean, take that opportunity and and make that an advantage for yourself because, um, you might find that you're really good at it. And I think the most important thing when I was coming up through, um, the different opportunities that I had was you just got to be willing to keep learning. And, um, it's okay to say that you don't you don't know something or, um, and, and go, go on that golf cart ride, um, to learn about, you know, how to mark up a golf course or, uh, set some, uh, you know, pin locations, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, when you think about where people got their start, you know, you're able to get a ton of different experiences in variety of tournaments, in a variety of locations. Uh, I know you even spent some time in the Bahamas. Um, I, did. You know, I think, you know, when, when you think about your earlier comment at the beginning of the episode of kind of moving to multiple locations and experiencing the country, what's the most interesting part about going to different locations, different communities um, that maybe someone just wouldn't understand unless they've done it?
1: Um, I, think, I think people are always scared to move um, because it's something new and it's changed and, and um, it is something different. And, and that is absolutely okay. Um, but the thing you have to keep remembering, the thing I keep telling myself is that if I don't like it, I can always go back to what I, I want, you know, what I know is comfortable. And so kind of keep keeping the push that, that level of comfort um, has been uh, something that I have definitely done um, a few times, um, you know, but, you know, it, got, it also goes back to uh, saying that I, um, I, I guess I live by, and it's actually from meditation, I I, I try and meditate at least once a day, um, but it's simply begin again, that's all you have to do, like, if you don't like a situation that you're in, or, um, or, I don't know, a result from something, you know, okay, breathe, and just simply begin again, like, and, and I think that with moving, it, it's it's very much the same. Um, and the best part about moving is meeting all these new people and having all of these new experiences. Like you mentioned, yes, I spent some time in the Bahamas and, um, you know, I wouldn't change that for the world. I learned so much about that culture. Um, I learned a lot about international shipping on water, um, you know, but those are things that I would have never thought of learning, especially being from a landlocked state, you know, so I, um, you know, I've really, really enjoyed every move that I've, I've made and, um, really just tried to look at, okay, what can I learn from where I am and, and, and what's going on? Um, one of the biggest things that, uh, was actually kind of, um, scary and, but exciting for me in my career was I actually left golf, um, After working at IMG and living in Augusta and running um, the master's um, corporate hospitality program and being a liaison inside Berkman's Place, um, I thought I had that, that that was my dream job um, at 23 years old. You know, I I loved what I was doing, I loved the team I worked with. And um, ultimately, though, I kind of had a realization that in order for me to keep growing, even in this industry that I know I love, I'm going to have to leave it for maybe a little bit. And I, you know, a lot of people told me it's going to be really hard to get back in. And I, I thought they were probably right. Um, but I, I don't know, my heart spoke and I actually left and joined a global events firm up in Washington, D.C. Um, it's where I learned an immense amount about myself and about events outside of golf, my two main clients were Mars Incorporated and the Smithsonian. Um, And the biggest project um, to this day that I've ever worked on was actually opening up the new Smithsonian, the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And having that experience um, and be able to bring it back to golf because I did miss the golf industry. Um, you know, being outside, love that part, right? And um, found this job, you know, to run um, an event down in the Bahamas for the Corn Ferry Tour. And I, you know, I, I was thankful that I had, had the experiences in Washington, D.C. Um, to be able to come back with a new perspective and hopefully, you know, something that gave me a little bit of a competitive edge um, going forward and and running golf tournaments.
0: Not everyone takes, not everyone takes that risk to just go kind of take that left turn in their journey, even though they know it's probably the right turn that takes them closer to maybe where they want to go. And it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about it because um, you know, meditation back to that point, like that's something that I've really gotten into over the last six to eight months. And, you know, I think it's, it's something different for everybody, right. And what their purpose is behind it and how they use it. But um you know the approach in in making a move is one that usually comes pretty quickly to some extent or at least you know you 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 think it is um but in your case now you kind of have this like long preparation of you know where you're going to be but you know you're also moving whereas you know right. a lot of people if they're in a job they know that they're there and then if something else comes along then it's kind of this quick transition or at Mm -hmm. least a decision right of to go or to stay but you now know where you're going so how do you mentally prepare differently for that type of move?
1: Um, That's a great question. So we do have the ability to go and um, have site visits and meet with the next club um, so my actual next move is to Baltusrol golf club up in springfield new jersey um, really looking forward to that group i've already had a few conference calls with them um, just to really say hello and um introduce myself and i'm i'm gonna go up there in person um check out you know not just the club but um you know the surrounding area because as you say i do have the um you know, ability to plan um, for a move. and it, it it it's the it's the ability, I guess, to say that um, while you still have to deal with maybe being a little uncomfortable because you know change is always uncomfortable, um you also are secure in in this too, because you know it's happening and you know when it will happen. so um and again, you know, go. I know we'll probably bring up meditation maybe another time during this call, but um, the the thing that I've also learned is it's okay to be uncomfortable and sit in being uncomfortable and and um and not saying that a move is uncomfortable, but that it it's a change and and um you've got to welcome welcome everything because it's going to be good. It it will um. I already know from talking to the folks up at Baltistral this is going to be a fantastic um, next step, and yeah, I'm just really excited about it. Um, even though the packing part is no fun.
0: <laughs> Pack, packing, you know, look, when you make a lot of moves like you have and I have, packing becomes kind of easy because you know what to yeah. expect. Um, exactly. But it's still no fun. Um, you know, when you when you think about the. Meditation component because I do want to go back to that. I think it's fascinating how um, you might approach it a little bit differently, given the fact that you're preparing all year long for one week, as opposed to right. if you're in if you're in other pro sports, you've got your schedule. It's much obviously longer period of time. If you're in college sports, there's one after another after another. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even other events that maybe kind of have a series of events. Right, you kind of know what you're expecting but you're preparing 300, and if I'm going to do my math correctly, um, you know, 358 days of the year for the other seven, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you go about that? Um, yeah. and, during, and during tournament week too, I'm sure there's a little bit more meditation than, than normal. Oh yeah,
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um. So I kind of always have thrived in the rush of everything. So I, um, most of my meditation will probably come from just trying to center myself again and be okay with whatever you know comes. We do have to plan for A, B, C, and D. And it is very natural to um, kind of go through those exercises. Um, but again, it's about living in the now. And I think that's probably one of the things I struggle with the most, because we do have a, a job that is focused so much in the future. And so much, you know, I spend two years planning an event, you know, and so, uh, yeah, as long as I can stay focused in on today and and may, you know, and what what needs to happen today. I think that that's the most important. Obviously, we do do planning for um, the future as well, but physically staying in today. And, you know, I'll also say that, you know, I thought I wanted to be an architect uh, when I was in school. Um, found out there's a lot of math that I did not want to do, and, but events um, allow me to create these experiences that people can actually walk through, much like buildings and, and structures that I thought I wanted to do to begin with. I, I think it's the ability to create and to experience, and so um, if anything, I do get a little too caught up in just let's already get there because I want to see everyone's face, and I want to see how uh, people are going to react to what I think is going to be something really great and and um it's about bringing joy and you know the number one tie to people's memories is emotion and so if i can make an enjoyable experience for somebody and it takes me two years to plan it then by god i'm gonna do it um you know i want i want those people to walk away from the kpmg women's pga championship and say dang that was awesome you know and and i want to let's see where next year's is and maybe i'll travel there then too
0: (laughs) so there you go. Well, look, I, I don't know the exact definition of architect in the dictionary, but I have to imagine it has something to do with creating um, and designing. So, look, you're you're architecting the event. I mean, yeah, that, that's, there you go. You're you're still an architect, just in a little bit of a different context. I think it's yeah. you know it's always a perspective in the context that you look at things. So, um, yeah. What about how? What are, thoughts on that one?
1: I think you're completely right. You know, I, uh, I think that the hardest part is that unlike an arch- a true architect, um, I don't get to see my building live for hundreds of years.
0: <laughs> but- you
1: did. This is my- that's true. That's true. Okay. That, that's fair. That's fair. I did get to kind of fulfill a lot of my dream through that. We did go on a lot of hard hat tours of the uh, museum before it opened and kind of give some guidance just on uh, event space specific uh, details is because again all Smithsonian museums you know they they want to uh, essentially also be able to use the space for um, special events as well so that, that I guess I got that a little bit in there that's nice yeah, um, yeah. but yeah I think the hardest part about the golf uh, tournament piece is that you know it's gone like the week goes and then tear down takes you know, a few days and you're like, well, where did it all go? <laughs> so Just
0: poof in, into, into the next location, um, <laughs>
1: into the next location. You, exactly.
0: I bet you wish you could transport the build from one to the next, but oh, that's for another episode. So
1: that would be fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, look, I, as we wrap up, I, I definitely want to ask you about the Smithsonian and in the sense that night at the museum, great movies, you had to have gone to some of the other museums around town.
1: Oh, for sure. I'm trying to, so I would say um, the Native American Museum was probably my favorite. Um, Mostly, not just because the exhibits were fantastic, but because the food was also one of my favorite places. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we spent, yeah, it's all about the food. If there is food, I will be there. Um, No, but we spent a lot of time on the National Mall and um, with all the museums there, and they were all just so unique. And and the Smithsonian, as a um, as a group, were just great, great to work with. Um, and again, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to think that you know I was living in D. C. doing a lot more, you know, um, government and corporate work. Um, but it was, it again, was very translatable over to back into golf. You know, we work with corporate clients. You know, working with um, KPMG and our national partners here at the PGA of America. Um, it gave me a lot of, uh, not just confidence, but a lot of experience too, with, um, with the, with those groups. And, um, I learned a lot about producing, um, uh, programs, you know, like, uh, AV, uh, pro heavy programs. Yeah, so yeah. that was always nice. Um, and a lot about, uh, seating, uh, hard seating, 800 people at a uh, dinner <laughs> was, um, definitely something we don't necessarily do in golf all the time. So, um, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was great, and yeah, DC was fantastic too. I really enjoyed living there.
0: You're 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 the tech quiz that then everyone goes to, and then you say no, 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 I don't know that much. I don't know. I that mean, much.
1: never mind, never mind. I don't know anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't work. It's all on you.
1: I know. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> let's let's wrap up with rapid fire because gotta love the rapid fire session. Uh, okay. Your handicap.
1: Ooh, I'm twelve. I'm a twelve.
0: Twelve. That's pretty good. There you go. Best yeah. course you've ever played at. Pinehurst. All right. All right. Yeah. Favorite club to hit?
1: Seven iron.
0: Seven. Okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes drive for show, putt for dough, somewhere in between, you got the seven. Great.
1: Yeah, I like the seven. <laughs>
0: best best place you've ever worked.
1: Um location-wise. PGA- Location- oh, I was about to say the PGA of America. <laughs> um, location-wise. I'm gonna have to say it'd be hard to beat the Bahamas so let's go with the Bahamas
0: some 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 post-tournament week uh beach action I would imagine a little bit
1: and maybe a few Uh, cocktails on the beach but yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) if there's one so you obviously worked at the Smithsonian but if there's one museum that is somewhere else that you would want to go to what would it be
1: that's a great question um I think I think I'd probably pick the MoMA. Um, I've never been.
0: Well, that's the next trip, next travel. I
1: know that's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right, last one for you. If you could, if you could create a logo for a tournament, what <gasps> would it look like, and what color would it be?
1: Okay, I would have to say I think it would be green. That's my favorite color, um, and. If I could incorporate a, and this is just like anything, because I think if I could incorporate any figure or outline, um, even though it's kind of just hidden slightly, I might pick my miniature dachshund Eloise to be like the mascot of the tournament.
0: Okay, so we're going, we're going mascots for a logo now, Good right? mascot,
1: yeah. I love it, yeah. love it.
0: Yeah. You know, I realized I didn't ask you anything about Augusta. Yeah. Your favorite food at Augusta.
1: Oh, hands down, it's
0: the Viminac cheese. I uh, see that was just too easy, though.
1: I know, but it's yeah. the best. I love Mina cheese. I, 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 a I'm a sucker. Up. Is there a
0: runner? Um,
1: up? no. <laughs>
0: All right. Sorry, sure. no. Well, Catherine, really appreciate your time, insights, perspectives. Great talking to you, and certainly looking forward to seeing uh, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship on uh, in June, late June, um, in Atlanta, Georgia. So yeah. Thanks,
1: Jake. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks again for listening to the life in the front office podcast. Remember today's episode was brought to you by Suja organic. If you go to shop.sujajuice.com and enter the code LIFO, L I F O, you'll be able to receive 15% off of their packages Excited to have Suja on board for the month of April. And again, thanks for listening and stay tuned for next episode.